Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Acts 10. Why is studying history important? Well, as someone who has a degree that was technically from the history department in college, I I could talk about that subject for a while. But one reason I think that stands out is it is important to understand your heritage. It's important to understand where you came from, whether it's your family or your nation. How did you get to where you were? Because there are incalculable lessons that you can learn from how you got to where you were. And If we're thinking about this podcast, most of you that are listening right now are Gentiles. You are not Jewish people, and you've been raised very, very far from the nation of Israel. So how is it that the gospel came to you? How is it that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, a Jewish Messiah and King? How did the gospel get to you? And Acts 10 tells us about about a very pivotal moment in that history, in your heritage, really, of faith, if you are a Gentile. And this is a pivotal moment in the book of Acts. We're going to see discussion in the ensuing chapters about this, and it will even touch on some important things we'll look at in later books in the New Testament. But let's look at Acts chapter 10. And the big idea of this chapter is that the gospel and really the Holy Spirit come to the Gentiles. It starts by introducing us to this man named Cornelius. He's a centurion. That's the commander of a hundred soldiers. Maybe you see that word century in there. What's a century? A hundred years. A centurion is, well, a commander of a hundred soldiers. And it describes him in verse two as a devout man who feared God with all his household. Now, those words, as Luke would have used them, as people would have understood that, um, talking about people who feared God was a term for Gentiles who had abandoned paganism to worship Yahweh, but they hadn't become circumcised or become full proselytes. They haven't tried to become Jewish people, but they are worshiping uh, Yahweh. They they are worshiping the God of the Jews and really the, the one true God. And so an angel comes to this man named Cornelius, tells him that his prayers have been answered, and instructs him to send men to Joppa uh, to talk to Simon, who we also know as Peter. And so he sends the men, and now the scene shifts to Peter, and he goes up to pray. And while he's waiting for lunch to be ready, it says he falls into a trance, and he sees this sheet descending from heaven, and all kinds of animals are in this sheet. And there's a voice that says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now you get the sense from his response that when he says, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean, you get a sense that 
most of, many, maybe even all of the animals in this sheet are ceremonially unclean. Going back to the Old Testament laws about what Jews could and, and could not eat. And he's saying, nope, I can't eat these unclean things. And then verse 15 The voice says, what God has made clean, do not call common. I think there's a connection here to the Gospels where Jesus declares all foods to be clean. So Jesus makes clear these food laws in the Old Testament. They do not apply to uh, believers in the New Testament. And we'll see more about that in some coming chapters in Acts. But the point of this vision isn't, hey, Peter, eat some bacon. Uh, The point of this picture is something bigger. Uh, The point of this picture wasn't about food. It was ultimately about people. God is preparing Peter for what's going to happen. He's going to be called to bring the gospel to Gentiles. And then that, that was a loaded thing for a Jew to go even into the house of a Gentile. Um, But he is called now to do that for the sake of the gospel, because when this vision is over, uh, the men arrive and they tell Peter that they are looking for him to come and talk to Cornelius. And so he goes with them. Cornelius at first bows down and worships Peter. And Peter says, no, 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 stop that. I am a man. And you see, he's learned the lesson of the vision. In verse 28, Peter says, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection and I asked why then you sent for me. And so Cornelius then relays uh, the angelic appearance that he experienced to Peter. And then Peter gives the gospel. And starting in verse 34, he says, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Um, Now, that may raise some questions. You're like, wait, in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And maybe you've even heard people use that verse specifically or language like that to say things like, well, you know, Muslims, if they if they really believe in God and they're trying to do their best, you know, God will accept them. Or maybe that's true about Mormons or, or people that aren't followers of Jesus Christ. You know, if they're really fearing God and trying to do what's right, God's okay with that. Or, you, you know, people that haven't heard of Jesus, the, the guy out there on the island, you know, if he's fearing God and doing what is right, God's okay with him. Or maybe even now people use this to justify certain sin patterns. You know, if, if a homosexual really fears God and wants to do what's right, he's acceptable to God. And it begs a question, is this verse teaching some kind of universalism or maybe less than that, some way of salvation apart from Jesus Christ? And I think the answer to that needs to be rightly understood as no. I mean, remember uh, chapter four, verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's only the name of Jesus. And even here, we're going to see these people, they immediately receive Christ. And if you consider what Peter goes on to say, I think it's even clear that what what does he mean by anyone who fears him and does what is right? What, What does that mean? 
I think from the context, it means those that fear God and believe in Jesus. Like that's what doing what is right and fearing God means because that is what he is calling uh, people to. And so he goes on to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, who he calls Lord of all in verse 36. And he talks about Jesus of Nazareth, how he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And it talks about the things that he did. And then it gets to the familiar themes of his death and God raising him. And now the message is going out that Jesus is the judge and we need to prepare for that by believing in him. Verse 43, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So again, Paul is not giving some generic message. Hey, he noticed even he doesn't say Cornelius, just keep fearing God and praying and you'll be all right. No, he makes it clear at Cornelius, you need to believe in Jesus. That is the clear call of the gospel. And we see that's the response that happens, and it is met with the Holy Spirit coming. And that, again, we saw when the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2. We saw the Holy Spirit coming to the Samaritans. Now we see the Holy Spirit coming to the Gentiles. And we see God's agenda of them being witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God's objectives are being accomplished. And so we're going to see that in Acts chapter 10 as well. The gospel is going to go forward. And again, to be clear, it's not just a generic, hey, fear God, try to do your best. No, it is a message about Jesus Christ, calling people to put their faith in him. Um, But as we think through, okay, well, what lessons do I learn from this? One, I, I think you, again, this is your heritage, you should be thankful and you should rejoice that the offer of the gospel is good for you, that in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to God. That's that's talking about you. Even though you are a Gentile, even though you were born and probably live far, far away from Israel, if you fear God and do what is right, or in other words, if you turn from your sin and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be made acceptable to God. The God gospel is good for all people everywhere, and that includes you. And so you should respond in worship and thanksgiving for that today. Another thing we should see in this is God shows no partiality. He instructs Peter to show no partiality. Well, neither should you. And that's where clearly the dynamics for us are different. Uh, This Jew-Gentile divide was was a big deal in their culture, especially for uh, Jews. I mean, he says it's unlawful for a Jew to associate or visit anyone of another nation. They were to be set apart. I mean, even just physically, no, I'm not going to go hang out with Gentiles. That's not really the way that we think, but there are still many ways people today can show partiality or look down on others of different backgrounds. Maybe, I mean, here's the division is, is nations and ethnicities. Well, people can still do that today. Look down on people from another nation or another ethnicity. Oh, they're not as good as I am. There's no place for that in the church and no place for that in thinking of the gospel. We shouldn't think, well, we're not going to bring the gospel to those people. No, we should seek to bring the gospel to all people 
everywhere. Or we can think of just people from different backgrounds, maybe even within our nation. And even remember, Jesus wanted to bring the gospel to sinners. And maybe there's some people that, I don't know if I want to be around them. And certainly there are great biblical truths that bad company corrupts good morals. The call isn't just, hey, go hang out with sinners just to hang out with sinners. But we should desire to see the unclean made clean through the good news of Jesus Christ. So we don't want to look down on anyone. We don't want to avoid sharing the gospel with anyone because of their background. God shows no partiality. The the gospel is meant to go out to all nations, all different kinds of people, and we should long to be a part of that. And we should long to be a part of that because without that, the gospel would never have come to us. And maybe in, in 21st century America, you think, well, no, we are like at the center of God's work. Even that shows a very uh, limited and provincial mindset that, that forgets, no, we're kind of at the ends of the earth. And we are the fruit of the gospel crossing lines like this, going all the way back to Acts chapter 10. And our desire should be to continue to see the gospel spread and to worship God for how the gospel has spread to us. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.